And good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manning, welcoming you to the show. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2016. Um, we're broadcasting the show tonight, not the show, but the show. Uh, on a Thursday, we're usually on Wednesday at 7 p.m., but this time we're doing it on Thursday. Our special guest is Barry Eaton. We're going to talk about wondering what happens when you die. Have you ever wondered about that? I know life goes very quickly for all of us, and we don't spend too much time thinking about what's next or what's out there for us, but it's going to happen to each and every one of us. One thing we all have in common as part of our oneness is we're all going to die at some point from this physical form, and our guest, Barry Eaton, is going to take us through some of the things he's learned about uh, as to what happens when we cross over and what happens when we get reincarnated. So I hope you have an open mind. I hope you have some questions. If you want to give us a call when I bring Barry on, our number is 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834. So I will bring Barry out in a few moments. Let's talk about a little bit what's going on here. Um, uh, guys, guys world, if you will. Uh, we're broadcasting live from our studio in Harlem, New York City, and we're in the midst of uh, winter. We had a crisp, cold day today. February 18th is about 30 degrees or so. A very sunny day. Uh, I actually spent the day with my wife uh, for her birthday, which is a couple of days ago. We, uh, she was off this week. She's a teacher, and I was working from home today. So we went out to a restaurant down and way down in the Lower East Side called the Fat Radish, and we had a root vegetable lunch. And it was uh, something that she wanted to try, and uh, we enjoyed it very much. So shout out for the fat radish in New York City. Um, also, what else is going on? Well, we see the stock market here kind of going up and down and up and down, but it really hasn't gone anyplace except for mostly down this year. Uh, treaded water a little bit today. Um, we've got the whole political thing, and I, I have a couple of thoughts on that. I don't want to get political it's too much of it. I read it on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. But, you know, I, I think at this point that the media has really destroyed the whole election process because they brought up so much stuff on every candidate that there's no perfect candidate out there. There's not somebody people can really rally against. There's, you know, Sanders, he's got some great things going. They call him a socialist. Hillary's got the, you know, Clinton baggage. Trump is, you know, crazy. He points out some some real issues and goes against the grain, but then he's so crass and irascible that you can't imagine him ever getting along with the world leaders to get anything done, and he really doesn't have a plan. And then you've got the real neocon Republicans, and uh, and then you've got a, you know, Jeb Bush. It's like yikes. They brought out his brother uh, George W. Bush this week. And uh, people hadn't seen him for a while. And wow, he had put on a couple of years. And uh, I don't know if that did Jeb much good at this stage of the game. And then you have a few other candidates, uh, Ben Carson, like what? He's a surgeon. And then John Kasich from Ohio. And I don't know if he stands a chance at all. But uh, it doesn't seem like there's a, a real good prospect that everybody's going to get behind. But the one guy that really stands out in this whole thing is Donald Trump. And he's just, you know, he gets away. To me, he's getting a free pass too, money, too much. He was on a town hall the other night and that uh, Joe Scarborough was interviewing him, moderating the town hall. And he just totally let Trump roll right over him. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the audience members had a question about college education and Bernie Sanders' plan, which Sanders, by the way, explains how he would pay for the free free education. And Trump goes on and on about, you know, how the uh, consumer, which is the college students, are getting ripped off here. And uh, the cost of the education is going up and up because the colleges can get away with just jacking up the price. And the government loans the students the money, and then the students are in debt for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades, and it just keeps going. So Trump didn't base he really didn't have an answer in terms of what his solution is, and Scarborough just went to the next question. No follow-up, no like, so what is your plan? What would you do? 
And I see this happening more and more with these candidates where they avoid questions and maybe a moderator or an interviewer or a TV, one of these TV personalities throws a softball follow-up, but that's it. They never just hone in like they would in Europe and some other areas of the world where the reporters are a lot tougher. And it just really it pains me to see uh, people get away with this. And uh, I, my real concern about Trump, although I like some of the things he points out, uh, some of the issues he's highlighted, immigration is an issue here. I don't like his solution, but it, it is an issue because we don't have a real policy that's enforced. So it's just going to keep happening. The problem we have here is going to continue until uh, some laws are enforced and we do something about it. His obvious solution of, you know, trying to deport 11 million people is in crazy because it's it's not practical and it's wrong. And the whole build the wall thing is, is absurd. But um, what the real problem is with him is anybody that questions him, anybody who, you know, has any doubt about him, he just gets furious with and starts screaming at. And today he got into it with the Pope. The Pope suggested that anybody who wants to build a wall between countries is not really has Christian values. And Trump went said the Pope is disgusting and whatever. He's gone up against everybody. He's trashed everybody who's come in his path. And now he's trashing the Pope. Can you imagine how he's going to be when he's dealing with world leaders? They talk about how he wants to deal with China. It's like, well, I've got Carl Icahn. You know, Carl Icahn is a corporate raider. He's in his 80s. One guy's going to come up with a plan to uh, renegotiate with China. You know, China could just call in all the loans we have. And nobody asks these questions. So I'm really disappointed with our, our how the media is handling this political season. They just want to stir the pot and they want people to watch and get viewers and sell ad time. And I don't really think they care about who wins. And what's best for the country, it's just about selling ad space. But that's just my opinion. Let's talk about what happens after we live. Our guest, Barry Eaton, is a uh, primarily known in Australia. He's calling. It's Friday morning for Barry, and he's been kind enough to return to our show. We talked about his book, Afterlife, a couple of months ago. And I asked him to come back on because we were supposed to talk about his second book, No Goodbyes. And we didn't get too far into that. So I brought him back. For this evening, and I really want to talk to him about his new book because it's sensational. And Barry uh, is really an expert on uh, studying what happens after we die. Uh, he studied astrology. Uh, he has psychic and clairvoyant skills. He's an intuitive reader and also has conducted a meditation and development study group in Sydney for more than 10 years. He hosts an internet radio program of his own called RadioOutThere.com. And his book is, uh, second book is called No Goodbyes goodbyes. The first one is called Afterlife. And uh, he's got w wide international experience in all areas of media. And one of the more interesting things about him is he also does the voice of uh, some of the GPS systems uh, in, in the automobiles in Australia. And he's a really cool guy. And I have to highly endorse his books. I went through uh, No Goodbyes for a second time getting ready for the show. And like, well, it's an, it's an eye opener because he really takes us through some of the th things that happen when we cross over. And I guess all of us are going to face that. And we all wonder what's going to happen. We hear about, you know, going through a tunnel of light. We hear about a life review. We hear about the council of elders and the Akash records. And, but does anybody take it that seriously? Does anybody really know? Well, from Barry's studying and working with a lot of mediums and channelers, he's come across some, uh, I would call it strong support for how this all works and what's in store for us. And it's, you know what? It's not bad. And uh, it seems like we have karmic debts. We have to come back in life after life and handle some of the issues that haven't been handled properly. And uh, a lot of things can happen from there. And I want to get into that with Barry. So let me bring him in right now from Australia, Barry Eaton. Hello, good evening, Robert. Barry. How uh, are good, you? I'm great. Uh, good morning. Good day, mate. Good evening, good morning over here. Yes. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so it's, much. Uh, it's just after eleven o'clock in the morning. Oh, great. And uh, well, here it's a little after seven uh, p.m. on a cold uh, night in New York City. So uh, I guess you're in the summer down there, right? 
Yeah, I just checked the temperature. I heard you talking about your weather. And uh, sitting at the moment at a balmy 84 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, love it. And uh, are you in Sydney or Melbourne? No, no, no. I actually live a little bit north of Sydney, up in an area known as the, the Byron Bay area. It's a okay, subtropical sure. area. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's um, a few hundred uh, miles north of Sydney. But uh, I come and go a lot. My partner lives in Sydney, so um, I, I come right. and go a lot. In fact, I'm off to Sydney in about 24 hours from now. Great. Well, it's a wonderful city. I had the pleasure of spending about two weeks there on business about a decade ago, and I, I really loved it. Just the people were wonderful. The layout of the city was wonderful. I went for a run over by where the opera house is, the park there, and the food was sensational. And I, I was just a, I had a great time. So uh, you have a wonderful country. So thank you for that. Let's talk oh, about your you. book. Um, the first book is Afterlife, yeah. and uh, your second book is mm-hmm. No Goodbyes. And the first book, a lot of it focused on uh, two areas. One is a soldier that was you, a World War I soldier that was you in a previous life, and then your partner, Judy, who passed over and uh, kind of motivated you to get uh, into this area a little bit deeper and to write that book. So could you tell us just a quick summary of Afterlife and then how uh, the process of writing that book and getting it out there got you into uh, No Goodbyes. Yeah, well, as you said, Robert, Afterlife came out um, in the U.S. in 2013, and uh, it tells the story of my, I guess, my journey after my partner Judy had passed over. We were only together four years, and uh, she came back and we had some contact through a medium, and I was encouraged In fact, I was nagged from the afterlife uh, to actually write a book. And eventually, in 2011, it was published here in Australia under the name of Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. I went to to do the whole journey. As you you said, a past life visit, um, I saw myself as a soldier in the trenches in the First World War and died on that very first day of the Battle of the Somme in 1916, very tragic circumstances. And the interesting thing is that uh, some of the injuries I received uh, that led to my death in that life, I brought back into this life, uh, like um, an eye problem and some other parts of the body that, uh, that reflected the, the wounds that I received. And this apparently is quite common when we, when we come back from other lives. We do bring physical things back with us at times. Anyway, the, the journey I talked about there led me to do a lot more research. I worked with mediums. I worked for my own research through my own radio program, some uh, past life research, and also I worked through the John of God system down in uh, Brazil, the Casa down there, and I, I was given a tremendous amount of help and spiritual guidance. I connected with some wonderful mediums and also a, a master guide from the other side who just needs to be known as M. And all this information was given to me. And it's a matter of trust here, Robert, because these are my findings. This is my journey. And, but I'm getting so much feedback from people all around the world saying how much they resonate and how much their own thoughts and findings and research correlates with what I've written. So the whole object of Afterlife is to talk about the process that we don't die. Only the body dies. We are an immortal form of energy. Call it the soul. And that soul lives on. Now, most of us on the planet have had many lives in the past, but uh, some of us, uh, or some people, are here for the first time or very early in their cycle of incarnations. But everybody has their own unique story. So when we leave the body, when we cast off the, the vehicle that we use to have our human experience, we go back to where we came from. And you can call it the afterlife, you can call it heaven, paradise, world of spirit. You know, these are all names. It is, in essence, uh, another world, another dimension of reality. That's where we come back from each time, and that's where we return to at the end of each lifetime. So that's basically it in a nutshell. And I, I talked about my experiences after passing over, or after being killed on the, uh, on the battlefront in France in 1916, and went through that whole journey and expanded all of that with information that I contacted. Uh, and I've been in touch with a group of spirits on the other side as well through a, a contact known as John, John Dingle, 
and John is the, the the mouthpiece, the spoke spirit, I call him, for a whole group of spirits over there, and they bring their collective wisdom and advice and guidance through John. He's a, like a kind of news anchor, really. So all of this information is there, and I'm presenting it, and, and if people relate to it, if they resonate with it, if they gain something from it, even if it's only just the knowledge that we don't die, and if we've, we think we've lost somebody after they've passed away, but we haven't lost them. They're around us, and they come back, and, and they are quite often with us. So that's it, as I said, in a nutshell, um, mm-hmm. Robert. So how do you want to take it from here? Great. Well, let's go. Let's talk about quickly about uh, M and Judy when you're branching over into the new book, uh, No Goodbyes. Um, what makes this book a, yep. a little bit different? To me, it's a continuation. Um, what happened to M? Your work with M and John Dingle, and also what happened to Judy because she shows up again in this book. And um, then I have some questions. I want to dig into some of your philosophies and some of the things you've learned. But from just a story arc standpoint. Sure. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Judy, what's happened, and also uh, you're working with M and the other uh, uh, mediums and spirits. Well, my relationship with Judy has, has gone on. She passed away in 1997, and uh, we still connect. Uh, there was a little time there where we drifted apart for a while, but she's back in touch with me at the moment. I've had quite a bit of dream contact with her recently, as a matter of fact, and she is actually part of John's group. Um, so her guidance, her words, her feelings and thoughts are also coming through to me as part of the, the group information. I'm continuing on with this. At the end of the afterlife, I got back in touch with John because I connected with him through a trans medium, Kelly, brilliant, brilliant trans medium. I take him down uh, into a very deep hypnotic state and he connects, he allows John's spirit to come through and speak through him. And uh, I, I went back with another session just, just to say, oh, thanks a lot, John. You, you guys are really fantastic. Uh, the book's out. I'm getting great response from it. And he said, what do you mean, thanks? We've only just started. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, we've got at least one more book to go. So that's how I was given the nod from the other side. Okay, come on, you're doing well, but uh, it's, it's only book one, and there's a lot more information to come out. And, and that's exactly what happened. Now, M works with me all the time. You asked about M. Mm-hmm. He is my guide and mentor, but only for my books. I have okay. a totally separate guide who is with me right now. But M is there as a mentor, a spiritual mentor. He's a, he's a master spirit, a master guide, and uh, an amazing man. And I find myself, when I'm writing certain things, the, the fingers will just take off on the, uh, on the keypad and it's a kind of automatic writing, and I know that he has taken over my fingers at times and, and certain things come out, which just amaze me and delight me as well. So the information is coming in many, many different ways, and that was where No Goodbyes started uh, its, uh, its journey, if you like. As, as you said, so rightfully so, picking up where Afterlife left off and a lot more information. It's, it's called in the uh, U.S. version... The, the um, subtitle is Life-Changing Insights from the Other Side. And that's what these guys over there want us to know. There's so much information they've got for us and so many things they want to share. And this, I'm just one of, uh, of many people spreading the word around. And these life-changing insights can help everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's get into some of those. Um, just uh, as an FYI, I, I, I am a... Uh, a master advanced clinical master hypnotist and I have gone under past life regressions many times and I've done it with other people and my experiences were similar not as deep because I uh, you know went through an hour or so for each life and uh, wasn't as deep as you've gone into but was similar in that I saw my life I saw my passing in an in, in an unemotional way and kind of a what I learned was I was the same person basically in the eight or nine times I've gone through past life regressions, uh, just in different situations. And, um, tell us then what happens, what for our listeners, what can they expect when they cross over, uh, all the way from the moment of passing. And I know each instance is different, but in general, what happens when you cross over uh, to the time when you reincarnate, in a, in a nutshell, if you would. Wow. That, that, that <laughs> this is going to be a pretty big nutshell here, Robin, I've got to tell you. Uh, 
as you say, everybody has a unique journey, just the same as there are 7 billion plus people on the planet. Everybody's got their own story and their own backstory. It's the same thing when we pass over. There are common, uh, shall we say, occurrences and uh, situations. But I liken it to the fact that, say, you're in New York right now. Say you went out to uh, Kennedy Airport there, jumped on a jet with three or 400 other people and found yourself in Paris. I like to go to Paris. I'll go to Paris. Mm -hmm. So there you are. You're all on the same journey, the same destination. And when you get off at the other end, yes, you're still part of that same group. You get off, you go through um, customs, you go through immigration, all the formalities. And then you go out. Now, some people are going to be met by a group leader. Some people are going to be met by family or whatever. Others have got their own agenda. And off they go. That sudden tight-knit group of three or 400 people on a plane, after they go through the initial processing period, head off and have their own experiences. Mm -hmm. Now, some of them may catch up afterwards. Some of them may have been friends in the first place. But everybody has their own unique journey. Now, it's the same when we go back to the afterlife. We all go back in the same direction, shall we say. We don't actually travel on a plane or anything like that. Some people go through a tunnel. Some people have different kind of experience. But the one thing I will say is that everybody has met you never, ever find yourself over there having crossed over and a whole lot of people, spiritual people, looking at you and saying, hello, who are you? What are you doing here? We weren't expecting you. <laughs> no, everybody is expected. And I've, I've asked them about that. They said, well, we just seem to know. We're, we, we're told when you're coming over. And I think this resonates with a lot of people because I don't know how it is with you, Robert, but when I was a, when I was a kid, my grandfather passed over when I was all oh, about 12 or something like that. And he was talking to his sisters who were long deceased before him. And this happened with so many people, family members, friends, come and visit them as they're going through the, the passing over process of what we call death. Mm -hmm. And these people, somewhere along the line, were all met. So don't worry about that. But then we have a, a common experience of having to go through the first part of our immigration checkup, shall we say. This is a health checkup. Everybody has to go through and, and be passed through the health situation. Now, some people obviously have had long experiences um, with uh, problems that have led to their death, and they might have to go into a healing situation that might take quite a while in Earth years, or Earth time. Other people will be processed pretty quickly through that health. It's, it's, you don't go and have you know, operations and... Um, and needles and drugs and things like that. And I forget that. It's it's done, I, I write about this in Afterlife, mm -hmm. a kind of light situation that is used here and a lot of healing and a lot of love and a lot of support. But we all go through this, so we, we're cleansed, if you like, of, of whatever or most of the things we bring back from the earth. After that, uh, we are connected with our loved ones and we then meet with what is, uh, I guess, generally termed a council of elders a group of people, like a management committee, really, and they're the people who have been keeping an eye on us as we've been here on Earth. They're the ones who helped us in the first place to uh, work out our, our life that we were going to have. And then we, we do a life review. We look back. It's, it's like the end of, a, say, a football game. And uh, the coach gets everybody in there and says, OK, guys, um, well, we had a good game, we had a bad game, we had lots of a game. Let's analyze it. Let's go back and, and see the good points, let's see the, the points where we can uh, change it next time, etc., etc. They analyze it. Now, this is what happens, uh, and, and I guess we can say life is like a big football game, really, so many things are happening. Mm -hmm. So our, our coaches over there, the, uh, the afterlife team, take us through this, and we experience what we've done in a, in a kind of instant replay, and we experience what we've done to other people. We can often feel this emotionally, what we've, what we've done. We look at the good things, we look at the bad things. Nobody's judged. That's a good thing about it, Robert. Nobody's judged. There's no old man sitting up there in a big throne chucking thunderbolts around and saying, you are guilty, you are going to suffer mm -hmm. forever. No, none of that nonsense. It's all done in a very loving and, and caring way. So we how granular, Barry? How, how granular... Was your how granular does it get when you're doing your life review? 
Well, once again, this is a, a different experience for everybody. My guide, who actually met me um, and then took me along there, was with me. And it was not like being in a court of law or anything like that. It was just like being with some very supportive, lovely people who wanted to help you understand what you'd done and, and the good <laughs> things as well as the bad things. So it was certainly not threatening in any way. It was very loving and very supporting. And then given the knowledge of, okay, look, you know, go away now. We're going to have some ongoing um, group work that you can, can work on all those things that you didn't achieve or will want to achieve differently next time around. And then when you go back into the afterlife, and that's where your, your real uh, life between lives experience really takes off in a whole new area. Now let's let's talk about that, that a little bit um, because I know you mentioned in one of the books of uh, when the one you were a soldier in afterlife where you you took up residence by the sea in uh, this ethereal you know landscape if you will and then at a certain point you came back I guess as yourself how, how and then you had a soul family and then you know kind of a the more traditional family. Um, Tell us about the process once you've crossed over and been uh, matriculated, if you will, in terms of uh, wh where you kind of hang out, what that's like, and when are you called to get another shot, if you will, at coming back to this incarnation or maybe going someplace else? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Well, everybody heads off to the area of their own development. It's, I guess, like leaving college. You've, you've got your degree, you've got your training, whatever, and it's up to you then as to what you can offer uh, as to the next stage of your life. Uh, Earth is where we experience everything, and we're here essentially to have every experience as we can. We're all going to make mistakes for sure, but it's our soul development. And as we develop and grow and learn and help a lot more people and, and, and not just be totally obsessed with ourselves or in a very destructive way in the community, that increases the vibrations, if you like, of our soul energy. The other world, the, the afterlife, vibrates at a much, much higher rate than here on Earth. It's another dimension of reality. Mm -hmm. and once our soul vibration will then find its way to the level, the area that is appropriate for its development. So it's, it's a kind of the same as we go and live in a, in a big city or whether in the socioeconomic uh, appropriate part for our, our own lifestyle and our own abilities, etc., etc. Same thing over there, except it's done spiritually. It's done at a soul level. So you'll find yourself uh, in an area. It's not as if there's a gate and you go through here. Uh, it's you are just there, you're existing, and it's maybe like being in a different suburb, but um, you can't necessarily go to other suburbs or other parts of the afterlife unless you have uh, increased your soul vibrations. So, But people from higher levels can come and visit you and help, and that's what happens. We find our own appropriate area, and this is where we are able to create our own homes, our own existences. Everything is done with the power of thought, the power of the mind. There is a wonderful opportunity for us all to create whatever it is. And it's, it's not necessarily creating a palace for yourself or whatever, but it's, it's just creating those living circumstances that you feel comfortable in. And perhaps being with members of your soul family, you may choose to uh, get back again with uh, your, your partner from this last lifetime, or there might be other members of your soul family or extended soul families that uh, you wish to really hang out with over there. And, and that's just your personal living. After that, it's all the other activities that we do in the afterlife. It's not just a matter of uh, being issued with a harp and a cloud and off you go. There's none of that. We are always occupied. We're always doing things in the afterlife. We're always developing and preparing ourselves and being prepared for our next lifetime, whether that lifetime is back here on Earth or whether it might be in another world, or even staying in the afterlife and, and working there as a guide or a helper or, or whatever. It's, it's an individual process. You can't just sort of throw a blanket answer across all of it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Now, 
Let, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I just want to explore, if you if you bear with me, the, the otherworldliness, because uh, I know the examples you gave in uh, No Goodbyes of Kalinga and then uh, Arloon were two people that had uh, been, I think, maybe Judy's, uh, Judy's incarnations. Um, one was a 22-year-old yep. female, and the other was a kind of a Middle Eastern, uh, like a trader, and very different experiences, uh, both in the, on the earth plane. And I'm just wondering, did, did you come across anything um, in your research or your own personal experience about uh, individuals, whether in your soul family or, or, or outside of it, going to uh, other places beyond earth, other dimensions, other universes? you know, things that we may not even comprehend? Uh, I haven't had any personal experiences that are in my subconscious memory bank, shall we say, of living mm-hmm. uh, or uh, even visiting other worlds. That doesn't mean to say I haven't had them. It just means that my uh, memory banks are not at that particular level. But the, the past lives you were referring to, uh, I've written about in uh, Goodbyes, where I was a, uh, a healer. I was taken back in a, a very deep life-between-life session. The lovely mm-hmm. guy by the name of Colin Dooley. I just worked with Colin recently, actually, at the... Um, she's going to be a guest on my program soon. Uh, we worked at the Afterlife Conference in here in Australia together. Colin took me down in a four-hour regression and Colin is now running the Life Between Life program here in Australia, and that's part of the Michael Newton Institute program. Um, so it's it's world famous, as you can imagine. So I was mm-hmm. taken back and found myself, first of all, as this healer in Central America, and uh, that's Kalinda, and then okay. I was uh, taken into another lifetime as Arloon, who was a desert trainer right. in an area mm-hmm. that we now know as Syria. Uh, which is uh, when I was taken back there, Syria wasn't undergoing the, uh, the massive right. civil war that it is now. So otherwise I might have felt a bit more disturbed about it than I actually did. Mm-hmm. But they were just two instances to show me what my past lives can tell me about this life. And that's the only reason for doing past lives. I'm sure, as you know, as a, as a hypnotherapist and a regressionist, you don't take people back there so they can have a bit of fun and your time tunnel experience, it's to know what answers you can have in this lifetime from other lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did with those particular lives there. And that's why I wrote about them. Let me uh, follow up on that a little bit because uh, your your life as Kaligna, Kalinga came before your life as Arloon. And Kalinga was a healer and then Arloon was... You know, he was a product of his times, as you uh, described in the book. So he was, you know, he was a trader and a sales guy and he took, you know, he indulged. And, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't as uh, if you if you met both people right now, you'd say, who's the nicer person, maybe more evolved person, you might say Kalinga. But Arloon came after her. Could you (laughs) talk about that a little bit in terms of because the next thing I want to get into is the concept of time. But before we go there. Talk about, to me, I found it very interesting that Arloon came after Kalinga. Uh, well, obviously, that wasn't my choice. Um, that mm-hmm. was the way it worked out in my past life sequences. I was taken back to the life as Kalinga, uh, and that was um, in, I'm just trying to remember the year now, it was around about 900 or something, 8 or 900 AD in, uh, in Central America. Uh, and I'm just turning up that chapter in the book now. Not that it really matters uh, about the, the time, uh, because Kalinga was... I was expecting to go back to other lives. Let me say this to start off with. I was, I'm, I'm being mm-hmm. obsessed with Egypt and various other uh, lives. I, I, I studied ancient history. I would have been an archaeologist if uh, my life didn't work out the way it was. I was heading in that direction. I was anticipating to go back to a life in Egypt, and I was so surprised when I uh, listened to my tape back afterwards to know that I was actually in Central America as a woman, as a healer, who turned mm-hmm. out to end up being a wise woman. And what I can learn about that is, is healing and helping people. And she was a lovely lady. I mean, I'm very proud to have, have had that as my past life. So next time around, I was 
I was given certain things that I needed to experience and learn about in my next life, and I was then born uh, away uh, a time later as Arloon. Now, Arloon came from a family of desert traders. His father was a desert trader. He grew up that way. But Arloon, unfortunately, like so many of us, while subconsciously his sole uh, message was to come in and, and do all sorts of good things, Arloon was a bit of a naughty boy. And uh, Arloon enjoyed all the pleasures of life from the flesh pots of Damascus right through to um, you know, having concubines and all sorts of things like this. So he didn't do what his life contract, actually he agreed to do in his life contract. So Arloon, I, I, it set me back in my soul journey quite a bit and I had to go back and, and do a lot of... How, how, uh, how does that work, Barry? A, where, a lot of public makeup time. Let's touch on that point real quick in terms of uh, he didn't do what his life contract had kind of mapped out for him. What is, what is, for our listeners, what, is, kind of, what does that mean and what did he do to kind of break off from the path he had agreed to? Well, everybody's got a life contract that we agree to um, according, starting to the time of what, birth. What type right of things are in, a, are in a life contract? Like how broad are the things that are in a life contract? Well, it's not, as, uh, it, it's not like the, the Magna Carta or something like that, but it's, it's certainly uh, laying down the directions and what you've agreed to and the kind of person you're going to be and the lessons that you've chosen to learn. And all of these lessons and opportunities around them come up, but it's our free will that takes over at these various times, these destiny points in our life. Free will then takes over, and it's our choice whether we want to be... Um, you know, going in the direction that we originally wanted to or else we we don't and, and there are so many temptations in, in life and poor Alain, he was tempted so he had to go back and, and face up the, uh, the, the council of elders and then say how disappointed he was and it was sort of almost like being a kid at school he was forced to repeat as it were so could somebody, and I, I know you mentioned this in the book, but just for for our uh, listeners. So let's say uh, you were set up for this life and you could become a very important person and maybe you got uh, involved with drugs or something and your life took a kind of a left turn and you then you had kind of an average life. When you meet with the Council of Elders, yep. they will then show you, I'm just uh, theorizing, that this is what was kind of laid out for you, for you to learn, but because if you are choices... You ended up going this way, so you kind of messed up, uh, you know, not in, not in a finger pointing type of way, but you you probably at some point are going to have to go back, and maybe you'll get the same type of opportunity, and let's see how you handle it. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, pretty much so. Uh, these are karmic issues, and if we come back with unresolved karma or, or other karma that we've created, then we need to go back because karma is basically balance. And karma, you know, what you sow, so shall you reap. There's uh, quotes like that around. But we have to balance our karma. So if we created a whole lot of challenging karma or we've upset people, hurt people, whatever, we've mm -hmm. got to come back again and find the balance of that. So we may have to experience that ourselves. Not like It's not like vengeance or anything like that. It's nothing like that. It's just so we as a soul can experience what we have done or what we have created. So it comes back each time to self-responsibility. We have to take responsibility for our, our actions, our decisions, and what we do with and to other people. And if we're you know, helping other people, and we're, we can't all be Mother Teresa's, for heaven's sake, but we can, and, and we can help other people. We can be thoughtful as part of our lifetime. And the more we can put back into life, the more our soul will advance. Now, is it possible, Barry? Um, I think the answer is yes, but let me toss the question your way. And that is, you come into this life and um, you make some mistakes. And then you realize you actually uh, grow during this lifetime. And you evolve. And you realize some of the mistakes you made. And you eradicate the karma, karmic debt that you may have built up for some of your actions early in life through some of your actions later in life, thereby negating some of the 
issues you set up for yourself. Is that possible? Oh, very much so. I mean, we all make mistakes. How many people have you heard who who really doing wonderful work in the community and they started off as, as maybe kids who got thrown into uh, mm-hmm. jail or, or for, for stealing cars or whatever. We we all make mistakes. I know I've made some dreadful mistakes in my life and I'm sure, Robert, you have too. Oh, that absolutely. part of the learning process, part of life. Mm-hmm. But if we can balance that out and, and uh, work to be able to help rather than just take, 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 and me, mm-hmm. me, me the whole of our life. But we know plenty of people around like that. I've had plenty of people in sure. my lifetime that the whole world revolves around them. They couldn't give a toss about anybody except themselves. Now, you can imagine the karma they're creating, but if somewhere along the line all of that turns around and you get an opportunity to turn it around, then yes, we can balance our karma off. But once again, it's an individual story, just like a Hollywood movie. There are just so many different movies and everyone has its own plot. Let's uh, touch on something I mentioned earlier, uh, Barry, um, and that is the concept of time. You mentioned in the book that when you get to the afterlife, one of the toughest adjustments uh, individuals need to make is how do you deal with time? Because we're so uh, linear and time doesn't exist the same way in the afterlife. And it's, a, it's something that individuals need to kind of reacclimate themselves to. And um, as part of that, is it possible that because there's no linear time that you could pass over in this life and come back in a life in an earlier time frame? In other words, this is 2016. Let's say I passed over tomorrow. Is it possible that I could come back in 1492 as a sailor on Columbus's ship? Okay. And um, I don't mean to throw you a trick question. I was just thinking about this because no, 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 no. It's legitimate. I know. I I agree. I agree. And I'm I'm quite uh, capable of of, um, hopefully answering that question there. Uh, (laughs) Time is a third-dimensional reality. And I mean, having worked in radio and television for most of my life, yeah, it's no use rocking up to uh, to do a show. 60 seconds late, you know, and the 60 seconds of dead Mm -hmm. air. That that doesn't work. So we are slaves to time. But time is an earthly measurement. If we were on uh, Mercury, for instance, a year on Mercury only lasts 88 days. Here Mm -hmm. it's 365 point something something days a year. So time is a measurement. It's a three-dimensional measurement. Once we move out of this dimension and back into the dimension of the afterlife, there is no such thing as time. The fourth dimension is space, and then we move out mm-hmm. of time. So it's a much higher vibration. They don't have time, but to be able to come back and work with us, they have got to be able to relate to us as far as time is concerned, mm-hmm. which makes it a bit difficult when uh, some of the communications and, and mediums have with, with people because there is no such thing as time on the other side. But they are able to slow their vibrations down to communicate with us. Now, the second part of your question, very, very interesting. Could we pass over now in 2016 and suddenly find ourselves born back on Columbus's ship or something? Exactly. Right. Trying to uh, not sail off the edge of the world. Um, yes, because this is a whole area known as um, quantum consciousness. And the whole area of uh, quantum research shows yep. that we could be living many, many lives at the same time. Exactly. Now, hard, my next question. Think, mm-hmm. All of us with our limited brain power to be able to accept this. But instead of, as you said, it's, it's not linear time, everything is happening all at the same time. How this works, how it all happens, I don't know. But I'm, I'm talking with a very good friend of mine, Peter Smith, and Peter is actually the international president of the Michael Newton Institute. And mm-hmm. Pete and I work together here in Australia mm-hmm. quite a bit. He's been a guest on my program a couple of times. And he is, he's written a book called Quantum Consciousness. Might be worthwhile you having a chat to him about that. Um, that great. And we were having, having dinner recently and talking about this where sometimes, and he actually goes in to access his, his future self. And his future self has come back and given him some advice, which has been absolutely life-saving as far as he's concerned. So there are, this is only just one very, very tiny example of how we can work at many different levels within time. But it opens up a whole uh, 
can of worms, I guess, as far as the average mind is concerned, and I know my mind is only average, as, as to how this could happen. I can't explain mm-hmm. it. I really can't. But all I can say is, yes, we could be having this conversation, you and I, in an alternate reality, mm-hmm. um, whereas uh, I'm in New York and, and you're in Australia, uh, mm-hmm. under similar circumstances, but different circumstances. So, yes, it's, it's such a complicated question, and I think we're only on the very, very tip of the tip of the iceberg in exploring all of this. Okay. What has been, Barry, the... Uh the biggest oh wow moment for you as you continue on this journey uh, with your second book, and I'm sure there's going to be more, uh, just all the learning and all the research you've done and, you know, the amount of times you've gone under uh, to explore past lives and working with so many different uh, really spiritual attuned individuals. What, what has been the one thing that was like, oh my goodness, if there was one or a couple or whatever, I, there ha- I'm sure there was some real oh wow m- m- uh, moments for you. Oh, look, Robert, yeah, there have been there have been many wow moments, and there still continues to be many wow moments. Trying to isolate one is <laughs> it, it's a bit trickier. I guess one of my big wow moments is knowing that um, I I know who M is uh, and. I'm not saying that that M is Jesus or or Muhammad or anybody mm-hmm. like that, but I know who M. But I'm I'm he does not want me to mention who he is. But to mm-hmm. my wow moment that immediately comes to mind is that somebody of such a high um, spiritual and and uh, the level in the afterlife, the level in the universe, could be working with me. Uh, I find not only very humbling, but yes, wow. Why did he choose to work with me? Uh, and he is such a humble person. It's like, and, and, and in fact, I do mention in our goodbyes that he has had quite a few lives on this planet and very, very, very well-known people. You don't suddenly go from being a, a, a fantastically well-known person in one lifetime to a muckraker in the next. There are people who are really doing fantastic work and and... I'm not talking about people who, who create havoc and whatever. I'm talking about the really influential, really wonderful people. Mm-hmm. They tend to sort of then go on and, and, and go into various other lifetimes, from what I've heard. So now, that is one wow moment. The other wow mm-hmm. moment, I guess, is knowing the fact that after my partner, Judy, um, passed under such tragic circumstances, that we were not only able to be in touch with each other, but to have this ongoing working and, and being together process and, and knowing that is, is so beautiful. Knowing that I've got 90 to 100 spirits on the other side working with me right now. They are around me, I know, because I connect with them before I do an interview or whatever or go up on stage and give a talk. And wow, I, I, feel, I feel outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so do I. But they are working to me and quite often the words come out of my mouth are actually uh, sort of being put there. And that, that sounds a bit sort of uh, robotic in some way, but it's not. It's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I, I suddenly find myself saying things, I mean, where the hell did that come from? And then I know where it came from. Now, uh, in your work so during your own... Out. Go ahead, go ahead. No, so no oh. they're, they're just a couple of wow moments. <laughs> Maybe oh. I should write a book, My Wow Moments. <laughs> So in your own personal work, as uh, now you do your own, you have clairvoyant and psychic skills. How has that, and then I'll I'll, I'll let you go, but how has that affected your life, your day-to-day life? Do you go into the supermarket and like, wow, that person is, they don't know it, but, uh, you know, they've got liver cancer or something like that. Do you you see with people that, I mean, all the time, or how does it work for you? Does it go, you turn it on and off, or just things come to you, or... Hey, we're having a conversation right now. Do you pick up things, or how how, did, how does that work for you? Look, it's all a state of intention, Robert. Um, I don't wander around uh, open to everything all the time. I have to physically mm-hmm. or, or spiritually open myself up before I do it. And I don't do readings all the time. This is only just I, I do readings that people are sent to me by spirit or by whoever. I don't advertise. I, 
people who read my books. I, I did an interview, a, a reading list with somebody yesterday in New Jersey, not far from where you are. And uh, because she'd read my, read my books and I was able to help her. Uh, but before I do any kind of consultation like that, I do a meditation, I tune in, I mm -hmm. ask myself, I do some research, I do all sorts of things, look at the person's astrology chart and open myself up. But after that, I close myself down. The thought of wandering around a supermarket mm -hmm. with all sorts of things coming in would be horrific to even mm -hmm. contemplate. I know some people do it, and sometimes, yes, a little message might pop in and you're talking to somebody, but you can't just wander up to somebody and say, excuse me, I've just had a message from your mum. She's over in the park. <laughs> she's over on the other side, and she says, you just don't do that. It's, yeah. it's like a doctor walking up to somebody in the supermarket and saying, listen, I, I see you've got a sore on your arm. Here's my card. Come and visit me. You know, uh, you don't do that sort of thing. But you, you, you can turn it on and turn it off again. And I know some clairvoyants don't, some are open the whole time, and I think that is only inviting problems because you just never know what kind of energies you're allowing to come in right. and take over your system. But does it help you in business? In business? Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, your personal business. My personal life. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, by just tuning in, by using my intuition and trusting my intuition, and we can mm -hmm. all do this. You don't have to be clairvoyant. To do this, everybody has got tell, intuition. Tell us, tell us intuition how. Intuition just means tuition from within. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Tell, tell, tell us how the you know. Then this will be kind of our segue to uh, closing out the show. But tell, tell our audience how they can do some very basic things to learn how to listen to their inner voice and uh, connect with their divine self, if you will. Because I think it's something that everybody wants to do, and so everybody has so much monkey chatter going on, and they're in such a reactive state doing dealing with our you know culture that it's very difficult for them to get back inside themselves and get direction there. What would be your advice to our listeners in terms of how do you kind of tap into your own abilities? Well, this is it, Robert. You, you said that the monkey mind. We've got to we've got to stop that chatter. It's like going to a football grand final or Super Bowl and there's uh, 100,000 screaming fans around you and you're trying to have an intimate telephone call on your cell phone. It just doesn't happen. So there mm -hmm. are people contacting us from spirit all the time, people wanting to get in touch with us, whether they're our guides and all sorts of people. And our own intuition, our own higher self uh, wants to communicate with us. But if we're not listening because our mind is going, chum, 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 you know, 19 to the dozen all the time, we have got to do this through a kind of quiet time, call it meditation if you like, but start to do this sort of thing, going with that strong intention of opening up and allowing quiet time and posing a little question in that quiet time to yourself. I would ask for guidance on such and such a thing. Don't mm -hmm. expect some kind of celestial announcement from a loud speaker and, uh, hanging over the, the house or something. No, 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 no. This will come from within you. Intuition means tuition from within. And we've all got this ability. We've all got people, our guides and people who are wanting to help us. We just don't listen. But we've got to create that quiet time. Close the mind down and, and just allow us to be able to hear those messages. Now, I used to uh, help people in my group to develop their, their skills. It's not going to happen in five minutes. You don't just sit in there and right. say, oh, I'm going to five minutes now, and why aren't I getting messages? It has to be like anything else. You've got to do it on a regular sort of a basis. Fantastic. So that's, that's the basic way of doing it. Otherwise, you can, you can join spiritual groups. You can, uh, can work with people. But the first thing is to have that intention to open it up because everybody mm -hmm. has got these intuitive abilities. Got it. Well, listen, uh, this is Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. Our special guest has been Barry Eaton. Barry, uh, tell us about where people can learn more about you, uh, your book, where they can get the book Afterlife, uh, your radio out there uh, show, and, uh, of course, your latest book, No Goodbyes. The floor is yours, my friend. Uh, thank you, Rob. 
<laughs> Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. Well, no goodbyes came out in August last year in the United States. No goodbyes. Life-changing insights from the other side. It's published by Tarcha, wonderful publishers in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's available through bookstores, of course. It's available on Amazon and various other Barnes and & Noble and all the other various sites. You can download it. You can. Uh, I prefer actually reading hard copies myself. Uh, but plenty of copies around there. Finding out about me, well, I do have a website, uh, Barry Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, Barry Eaton, nogoodbyes.com, about this particular book, uh, or else you can link across from my radio program, and that's just uh, radio out there, three words, all joined together, radiooutthere.com. So I've got Great. my bio there, I've got links across to the books and radio programs, just like you, Robert, covering many, many areas of my spirit, radiooutthere.com. Fantastic. Well, listen, Barry, thank you for coming back to the show. I know the first time we uh, had a great conversation, we, we focused a lot on your initial, your first book, Afterlife, and then kind of did a deep dive. And I, I felt bad because we didn't get to your current book, No Goodbyes. And I wanted to have you back here because you were such a fantastic guest. And I felt that I really want to devote time to talking about No Goodbyes and getting deeper on some of these issues. So I thank you. I know you're all the way across the world, and uh, you've been kind enough to make time to visit our show again. And I'm very, very appreciative, and I'm a big supporter of your work, and I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Robert, and it's my delight to be on your program. Anytime I can help you, please let me know. You got it. Okay, Barry, and I hope you come up with a third book and we get you back on here, okay? Okay, all the best. I'm working on it. All right, good. Have a good one. Okay, folks, that's been our special guest, Barry Eaton. Uh, The show is Guys Guys Radio. Um, Kind of on our way out, I just want to remind everybody uh, that, um, you know, Guys Guys Radio is really the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So we talk about relationships. We talk about different uh, guests from different, uh, different areas of life entertainers, people, uh, metaphysical people, authors, other radio podcast hosts. And, uh, you know, I pull all of this together pretty much on my own. I have a producer that helps me. I have some great publicists who send me great guests like Barry. And, um, but it's, 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 it's a lot of work. And, uh, and I really hope that uh, you continue to support me and the show. And let me tell you where you can find my stuff, as I do every week. Uh, bear with me. RobertManny.com is where my syndicated blog is on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, you can catch me on Facebook, Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny, YouTube, Robert Manny Author, where we have a bunch of videos there. And as I always tell everybody, that every podcast of Guys Guys Radio is available free on Blog Talk Radio or also on iTunes. Just go to podcasts, look up Guys Guys Radio. And the whole thing, this whole Guys Guys movement of better men, better world, where men and women can be at their best, everyone wins, started with my first novel, first published novel, that is, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which is a novel about two guys in advertising in New York City competing for love, sex, power, and money. And it's kind of a romp. It's kind of a male sex in the city, as famous author Dan Wakefield has uh, said on our cover blurb. And I'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you could pick up a copy, best place to find the book right now would be on Amazon or any of the e-tailers. It is in some bookstores, but probably you get the best price uh, and you can get the physical book or the e-book. And that would really support me and help me out. And plus, you know, if you check out our reviews, we've got 25 out of 25 five-star reviews on Amazon. So it's a fun book and it's, uh, you know, it's not a throwaway. It's 350 page. It's a real novel and I'm working on the sequel and uh, I'm also looking at some other other items that are going to come out in terms of supporting our Guys Guys platform. So once again, I want to thank everybody for joining us on Guys Guys Radio. We're going to be back next Wednesday, our usual time. Um, and we have a special guest, Marilyn Jennett, who's an author who has a, a book about prosperity uh, and uh, affirmations and that type of thing. And we're going to get to that next week. And in the meantime, I want to wish everybody a uh, a good week this week. I know a lot of people were off because of the, uh, you know, the winter holidays. And I hope everybody's gotten a chance to get a little bit of downtime from themselves because things move so quickly and we really have to take time for ourselves. And just thank everybody for all the support you've given me. 
uh, you know, on, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and just listening to the show. So thanks a lot. And remember that uh, guys, guys, finish first.